I'll tell you right? what, this is probably my favorite phrase lately. It's that winners are not people who don't make mistakes. Winners are people who don't quit. That was Joy Gridnick, one of the most overboard women I have ever met. Hi, I'm Nancy Scanlon Coppler, and welcome to Woman Overboard. Have you ever been told that you go overboard? Or maybe you have a friend, a partner, or a crazy aunt who overdoes it at the holidays. Someone who is overly ambitious, overly excited, and gets overwhelmed because she tends to overdo everything. Well, welcome to my world. I'm Nancy Scanlon Coppler, and this is Woman Overboard, a show about women, leaders, mothers, and entrepreneurs who are dedicated to making a difference. My guests would not be where they are today without being the overachievers that they are. Women who I believe put a positive spin on the words, woman overboard. You have got so much energy. And in reading your bio, I see, of course, you've been in L.A. and many cities across the country. But yet you have chosen to stay in St. Louis. And I'm wondering what reason, other than this unusual house in Soulard and the fountain, what, what's attracted that, that you That didn't bring us no, back. No, but what attracted we, you to St. Louis I think I think a from, lot of St. Louisans come back. I think more than, the family, than not. More than, uh, well, we had family uh, here, but... Um, and in Milstead, right? Yeah, uh, and everybody's passed away, uh, so I'm an orphan now. But um, at, at the time, when we came back in 1996, uh, I... I was, you know, when you go up in St. Louis, you're just like, oh, I got to get out of St. Louis. Like, And you don't yeah, realize how wonderful that. St. Louis right. is until you go everywhere else. And, and then you think, oh, my God, St. Louis is better than this, you know? Yeah. So, and and you, there's something about St. Louisans and just St. Louis that uh, it's... It, it's where you want to come back to. Right. And well, I, I should ask you where you went to high school because that's the St. Louis question. Well, I went to uh, Hort. Well, first I went to Jabot. Jabot and... Uh, Waterloo, Illinois. Oh, okay. And then I transferred when I was the nanny to Horton Watkins. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I graduated from Horton Watkins, but I only went there for a, Which a half, is now a, half right. a year. Yeah. And I went back there. It was so funny because I hadn't been there in all those decades. And I, I thought I didn't recognize anything except the smell. Isn't the that smell. funny? I didn't even know it had a smell. But this, and you know, your olfactory sense is your most powerful sense. Yes. It's so, it was so shocking to me. But um, I believe it, and I just have a little sidebar to that because my first home in St. Louis was the Chase Park Plaza with yeah, my husband. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because his family owned. It. I have a chandelier in my and, house from and, there. And oh, really, <laughs> yeah. And and I I did a TV show from the lobby of the Chase, and I remember running back into that oh. restroom and changing all the time before we got married. We were engaged on the show. It was very Regis romantic. Regis Philbin did a show from there also. Yes. Yeah. Be- before I did. But, uh, and, and and then. I, when I would go back there, anytime I go back there and go into that restroom, that same smell is there. Yeah. Now, it's not a yeah. bad smell. I don't want yeah. anyone to think the Chase Lobby has a bad smell right, in the restroom. Right. But it's like it's it brings back all smell. of those right. memories. Right. And it's freaky. It gives me It's like grandma's stumps. house. When yeah. you, you know, you go into a house that and smells I'm like, like grandma's everything house. Everything comes. I can hear them calling me. It's time to time to get back on set. And it's I'm rushing to change my clothes. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. I'm ready to go back on TV. What and kind I'm, of show did you do? It was a talk show. It was called the Reed Farrell Morning Affair Show. Oh, and, I remember that. And I was like the co-hostess at the nice. time. Nice. Yeah. And it was, it was very much fun. That's great. And it was 
really great working with your husband before you get married. Then after you get married, it's not so, not as easy. But yeah, uh, yeah, I know that. You know, like that. before I got married, my husband danced with me, but he hasn't danced with me since. Exactly, <laughs> right? They'll oh. do anything before you get married, right? Oh my, my husband no. never danced. Well, mine now <laughs> it was our anniversary. And we were at somebody else's wedding, and it was our anniversary. And he said, oh, honey, you want to dance? And I thought, oh, it was so romantic. It's our anniversary. And he, we're dancing and dancing. And all of a sudden, I'm realizing he's dancing me out the door. To sneak out. Yes. Oh, that's, that's so that's funny. How he does. <laughs> but he's wonderful. He's wonderful. My Ted is wonderful. That's I just, great. Dancing is not his forte, but it was when we were dating. Well, at least you got some dancing. <laughs> yes, right. Ryan always sits over there, and I have to go dance by myself, <laughs> literally, or dance with you know whoever I can. You know, talk yeah. Well, to. at least now everyone gets up and dances together. So yes, that's what yes. I do at weddings. I just dance with anyone who's you know any girl that's available, any guy, any any kid. It doesn't matter, right? right you just right. dance. Anyway, more and more people are talking about mentors in their career, and you've had such an amazing career. Is there any? one person that you feel was a mentor to you, other than your husband, who sounds like was a mentor, but as you were growing up? Well, um, or mentors, you might have many in your life. I don't, I honestly, uh, I mean, like, did your mother John encourage Nagy? you? John Nagy? <laughs> he had a, a art set that you could buy on TV. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> and I wanted the adult set because I couldn't say adult. Uh, yeah. So I guess I always wanted to do the art stuff. Um, and I then, and, but I never had the guts to actually put myself out there as an artist, you know. Uh, and I paint. I paint, mm. you know, oil paintings and things. Uh, but I only paint, you know, what I want to hang on the wall. And, and I, did you ever study art formally? Or no, but I taught art. <clears throat> I taught art in high school because we didn't have an art class in our Catholic high school. And, and you, uh, you just kind of filled in wherever you were needed, right? <laughs> Whether well, it's making a lampshade. I or said I want to have radio an art show class, or... and you don't have one, so I'll teach one. But then, then I wasn't learning anything. I was just, you know, bringing art books and kind of mm-hmm. making it up as we went along. Uh, that's why I wanted to go to be the nanny in Ladue because Horton Watkins had a big art department. And they, I mean, they had everything. They had, you know, ceramics and everything. Uh, so I really uh, got a good, you know, thing going there. Did they make lampshades? I, uh, <laughs> no, no. Uh, my, well, anyway, uh, I got a job as a, my first job. You know, you could lie about your age back then and say you're older and nothing happened. Uh, so I was too young, but I lied and said I was older. And I got a job at Six Flags. It was like the second year Six Flags was open. Oh, wow. And I got Fun. a job as a portrait artist. So I did portraits oh, there. Yeah. Like, like caricatures? Yeah. Well, the, no, not caricatures. Actual they didn't portraits. do them back then. They did full Portrait. face, pastel, oh my and, gosh. and uh, profile uh, charcoal and uh, pastel portraits. That so, is, you obviously are very talented. And all they did was take a bunch of us and put us in a rented hotel room and give us a t- 40 minutes. Okay, this is what you do. You find the darkest areas of your face and you make a line here, 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 and then you do the shape of the face and let's see what you got and then if you pass the test they would hire you and I mean that's it that was it so then you get in there every day and your people are paying for you know this not very professional person to be but you get professional pretty fast because after you do you know 40 of them a day for you know I don't know how many days then then you're then you know what you're doing and to this day I still you know like portraits, uh, but I don't do them anymore. But I, I've always drawn you are to them. Amazing. I drawn to the 
<laughs> you are painted amazing. stuff is what really mm-hmm. inspires me. Painted furniture, painted clothing, painted things, mm-hmm. painted ties, painted, <laughs> yeah. painted shoes. <laughs> painted things. I guess I was just paint. <laughs> well, you, Which is I, why I did the fountain because I painted the whole place, you know? Right. I thought that was and my And what role. kind of paint do you work in? Is this oil or um, acrylic? Or? Well, no, I, I paint oil paints when I'm going to do a paint. I also paint like china. I do fine china painting, which is a dying art. And in fact, I think everybody in St. Louis has died that did it, except for one other lady <laughs> who... Well, you, you know, need to teach some more and, people. And myself. The next generation. Yeah, because yeah, uh, 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 across Craft the Alliance, country, this would be a great class for it's you. It's kind of dying. But I didn't want, like, paint me pottery stuff. I wanted the right. good stuff, you know, the gold and, uh, you know, the gold enamel and, and all mm. this stuff. Which you can do, but, you know, nobody's doing it. And uh, there's a um, museum in Oklahoma City, which I just went to last year for the first time, of china and porcelain painting. Uh, And there's, like, old ladies who do it. So you get everything from stupid, you know, Santa Claus plates Mm -hmm. to, uh, you know, fine fine work, you know, Mm -hmm. everything in between. But, um, yeah, it's too bad that that's a dying art. So where – when did you realize – your family probably realized – that you were so garrulous and so glib and could talk so freely that you got into talking on the radio. And I don't know. I mean, did you get, did you get into If I, if you had been me, you would have been in Catholic school and the nuns would have been rapping you on the nails for talking or putting I you in the corner. I was in Catholic school. Were you in trouble for talking in, in class? Uh, I was in trouble in second grade. I led a group of girls into the forbidden um chorus balcony where nobody was allowed to go because I had to see where we weren't allowed to go and then I got in big (laughs) trouble and guess what my penance was what I had to go to church I had to go to mass every day for three months that was a punishment like like (laughs) what you know that's a little backward to think to make the child think that going to mass is a punishment you know right or but oh I thought I was going to go to hell I mean you know it was horrible (laughs) they they sure get that embedded in your brain right uh but uh I also got in trouble. You know, I I wore pants when it was cold because I was on a farm and I had to wait for the bus and it was cold. You know, and you can't stand there when your uniform skirt with your bare legs right. and or tights or whatever. And um, I wore pants because that wasn't even enough. And uh, the the principal called my mother first. She said to me, "Do you want to be a boy?" And then she called my mom, and my mom came down and said, "She's going to wear pants tomorrow too. It's cold." <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, the and nuns had the long skirts on. What do they exactly, have to complain about? Exactly. That's so. ridiculous. Didn't oh you, were you ever want to be a nun? Did I ever want to be? Are you kidding? That oh. was the thing I wanted the least in my life to be a nun. <laughs> I, I, I actually wrote a play about that when I about nuns. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I had some pretty, I had some nice, very nice nuns, but I had some that were unbelievable. Right. Right. Stapled your. Yeah. That, lips together. <laughs> oh, yeah, they did this practically. I think I was always standing in the corner for talking too much yeah, in class, yeah, right? Right. I it, one bounced the pencil on my head. Late again, Miss Britney. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you've written some stories about her, I'm sure. They make great fodder for jokes. Well, right? I actually do a character as Sister Twisted. And, uh, <laughs> I love it. She smacks a cigar. And, uh, <laughs> oh, it's great. It's great. I know She's we had so crass. many jokes. She about goes the around nuns. measuring all the skirts. <laughs> So what is next for Joy Gridnick? What is the next well, project? Well, if I get out of this alive, <laughs> I said I was going to die my way out because there's uh, <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to get out. I have to finish these four things. And uh, and then I'm going to try to decide, well, I'm going to do things at the, the, the venue, like uh, at Split, where 
I thought maybe I would do some comedy and um, have the two-woman show. (laughs) (laughs) The the two sides of joy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Joy Gritnick, the two-woman show. Joy and sorrow? Yeah, because I have all those bits. And, you know, there's just so many bits that uh, I thought I could use them in some way, in a different way. You know, Mm -hmm. they're kind of not heard or seen anymore. Um, So you have so much energy and so much talent. And I'm thinking about young listeners out there who – don't know where to go with starting out. And what would you say to them today? What, what would you, you say know, to a young actor or My comedian? daughter's going through the same problem. Like what to do, like what should she do with her life, which is I think your life's most important job is finding out what your job should be in life. And um, it's the hard I, – I still ask what should I be doing. Like I yeah. never knew I would be doing a restaurant. It just seems like <laughs> such a detour and it has – such and yet you've done such a great job with it. Well, it was there was no getting out of it. You know, <laughs> I, I put so much into it, I had to stick it out. But uh, I think if you look at what other people are doing that you envy, that's something you want to do. So that's one way of narrowing down something that you'd like to do is just be uh, recognize what that what it is that calls your attention that somebody else is doing that you wish you could be doing. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah. So kind of look into your heart and say, who do I envy? Yeah. Who do I hate the most? Exactly. And that's who I want to be. Yeah. Right? So uh, mine is Martha Stewart. Like, why didn't I think of that? You know? <laughs> Damn it. She, she's not even funny. <laughs> You're right. Right. You're a lot funnier than she is. You, you'd be so much more fun on all these TV shows. Get her off of there. Get the hook. <laughs> I'm sure your souffles are as big as her. She's Polish. You know? And she's, that's right. Yeah. We, have that in, we have that in common. But you're right. She has no sense of humor. Yeah. Bill? Yeah. Well, you take this, and then you yeah. take that. <laughs> she doesn't even have as fun. You sound just like her. <laughs> and then we have. I could never do um, uh, the uh, dialects or the, you know, accents. I could never do those. I could do, I could assume a personality, and I play all the, you know, uh, parts, because we always did topical things. And, uh, but, but. Uh, for doing voiceovers, I could never do that. And that's funny because other people do them really well. But, boy, you sound just oh, like Oh, no. Her. Well, I, that, all you have to do is act, talk boring. You have to <laughs> pretend you're that person. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> no. She, I know. Her talents are, I mean, she defy description, right? Yes. Yeah. But you have the same talents and a lot more joy about you. Thank so you. You're the Thank one that you, should, Nancy. You're the one that should be in that position. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is so joyful just talking to you. <laughs> well, so, thank you. Hi. Okay. Fill in the blanks. These are my little questions. I don't like blank about myself. Oh, my. I hate these questions. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I don't like not being able to answer questions like this about myself. Um, Anything I, that bothers you about yourself? I guess, well, I have a really, oh, that doesn't count. I was going to say I have a really bad memory, uh, but in a way, it's a good thing. Because um, <laughs> you forget the bad stuff, right? Exactly. And I don't stay mad at people and stuff because I just forget. But uh, That's wonderful. That's a good thing. I guess I I, I, am, I am, am definitely spread too thin. Um, and that's my fault, but not all my fault. My, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't that's know. great. No, I, that's, I sound that's like I don't no, that's dislike anything about myself. That's but that, good. plenty of things. No, that's good. That's uh, good that you... That you like yourself, and and what you said is probably true. You're probably spread a little thin, but that's because you have so many interests. Yeah, you know, other people wish they had that many interests, and that's what's so fascinating about you. Well, that's what's so joyful well, about you. Well, thank you, thank you. You're you're putting a nice spin on it. Okay. 
And my happiest moment is? Um, when I have accomplished something that I thought I couldn't do and I did it, but I never, you know, celebrate it. I should celebrate it. <laughs> Sounds like you've got lots of happy things to celebrate. But I the never celebrate them. The fountain on Locust them. and your lampshades and your paintings and <laughs> yeah. all your success in radio. Here's another one. You can achieve anything when you do it because doing is what gets it done. You don't have to research it. You don't have to have a degree. You don't have to do all these things that you think are reasons you can't do something. You just do it. And that gets it done. Great. I love it. Just like, like <laughs> no, Nike was so smart when they said just do it, right? Yeah. And I don't want to give Nike the plug, but I do love that just do it. Yeah, well, they're words. saying it, I think, just to say, hey, get off your butt and just do it kind of thing. But I'm saying it more in a sense that if, you know, everybody can plan, everybody can have, uh, you know, talk it through and have a million reasons why they can't do something, they don't have a degree, or, they, you know, the world doesn't work this way anymore, or... All those things can make it harder, mm -hmm. but still, and they're it gets just kind done of excuses. by doing it. They end up being excuses. That's right. And 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 if you start doing something, you've made it. It exists, and it has a life, and it goes from there. Right. So, and as an artist, have you heard of the book? Um, of course, there's the old book, The Art of War, but there's one, The War of Art, and I no. can't think of his name, but he talks about especially with artistic endeavors, anything artistic or educational or anything that takes you to a higher plane, resistance will come in the way. Yeah. And they say the closer you get to your yes, goal, yes. the stronger the resistance Absolutely. Gets, and right? not only that, they tell business owners, because I read just a few things when I had the same thing happen to me, uh, you, there's a dawn, a dusk before the dawn, you know, it's like there's that point where everybody is, gets cold feet and wants to throw in the towel and not go, and not do up. it. Yeah. Because even though you've done all this stuff and you're on the brink of, you know, going to that next step and actually opening your doors or doing whatever it is that you're, you know, now officially doing it, you want to not do it and want to quit and want to, you know, throw it away and you think it won't work and you're convinced it's a mistake and. <clears throat> and that's a natural thing, and everybody does it. Right. But if you do quit, you're miserable. I'll tell you right? what. This is my. This is probably my favorite phrase lately. It's that um, winners winners are not people who don't make mistakes. Winners are people who don't quit. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. <laughs> and that is so true. Yeah. I think that's so true of any athlete. Yeah. And 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 and, and actress. And musician, anything really, because you know, here I was flip flopping with that stupid distillery, which is still <laughs> going to happen. And I, and I'm like, you know, you quit, you quit. That's it. It's over. <laughs> right. So keep you know, you can it's still get do better and better and better. <laughs> and even if you want to sell it or whatever, you know, you 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 don't quit. You things change. Uh, that stuff happens. Uh, but and you have to allow for that. You have to mm -hmm. allow for other elements and changing making decisions which is a, a life is all about decisions really it's yes. it's that's the the key and when you when yeah, you're not making the decision that's the problem right or making the wrong decision you everyone's so fearful about making decisions and um and I was too and I still am because it's only natural as human to be 
fearful. But I'm trying, ever since all my people died, I was like, oh, where do they go? You know, and I started trying to read all these books like, what, you know, do I really believe in heaven and hell? Like, well, like, wait a minute, where's my brother? You know, and uh, and so I, I, I started, I read, there's very few books on the subject. There's more now, but, uh, but you know, nobody wants to read about death. Nobody wants to even acknowledge death. You know, death is an icky thing. So I'm like, well, where are they? So I read a book this woman wrote uh, who died. You know, she di- died for like 48 minutes. And, and wrote was, it later? And, and came back, yeah, and was revived. And uh, so she crossed over and came back and had some things to say about it. And the, the, the most important thing she said Oh, I'm, the calls are coming. Your, your fans are calling. Yes. <laughs> Here, let me shut this off. Oh, my God. <laughs> She's calling I'm you from the other side. I'm in a meeting. Um, so, so basically, they, they, they had a question and answer segment. I mean, everything she said was so down to earth and practical, uh, unlike a lot of these, you know, you wonder if they just made this up just to sell books or yeah yeah but right. this woman uh she was like a uh indian woman who i 30s in her 30s and she got cancer and died uh but she lived in hong kong and uh and she said they said if you had to boil it down to one thing like you know you have so many things to say about this uh but if you only had one sentence to tell somebody like what would you say is the most important thing to do living on earth you know live your life on earth and she said Live your life fearlessly, because we live by fear here, yeah. and it's the every place in our life. As children in school, you know, don't do this and don't make a mistake, and you know, don't make bad grades. And and pol- politically, fear is you know governing, and uh, it's just we're set up that way, and we are afraid of making mistakes, and we're afraid of failing, and we're afraid of making the wrong decision. So. Um, if you if you can try, and it's really hard because we're not raised that way, to to take fear out of it and just believe that it's going to be okay, because it is going to be okay. <laughs> uh, that frees you up to you know do things, and still you're going to still make mistakes and stuff like that. But but your doing gets it done, and mm-hmm. and then you're you're off in a better on a better. Path, I think, and I, I just want to follow on that through a thought, on that thought just a little bit because you have children. What is it you think parents do to put that fear in their children, and what have you done as a parent to maybe free them from that fear? Well, or have you? You know, and that's why I mentioned kids today. They have so much anxiety. I think more than ever, there's they're just riddled with anxiety. It's you think such, it's a social media such that's an part issue? Of, it? of course, everything's a part of it, and it's and we don't even recognize how bad it is for them. I mean, so many of them are on medication and all kinds of things. Uh, and my my own daughter is, suffers from anxiety, and it's heartbreaking. And I, uh, you know, I can only say and repeat so much, like I say here. But if you're suffering from anxiety, you, you know, you hear it, but you can't apply it, and it's it's it, it's just heartbreaking. Yes, uh, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I wish somebody else to tell her. So I'll it's say not her two mom words, telling her, which will be my next podcast: transcendental meditation. Yeah, well, you know it what? <laughs> you really because I just looked at. Uh, hypnotherapy, I thought maybe that might be something because your brain gets in a rut and you keep mm-hmm. repeating the same thing in your brain over and over again. But transcendental meditation, I will make yes, a note of that. We have a, great, <laughs> we have a great center here in St. Louis and I'm going to be talking about that soon. Okay, in a life joy that appears oh. to be totally overboard to me, what does going overboard 
mean to you? When I actually go overboard, which I am now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but since it looks like everything you do is overboard, what, what is it when joy goes overboard? Well, people used to say all my life, oh, you know, slow down. You're doing too much. You need a nap. You, I should meditate. And uh, I'm like, oh, my God. I, I, napping gives me an anxiety attack. You know, I'm not going to do that. Or I'm not going to go lay on the beach. I, it, it makes me you know, want to get up and do something. But now, um, now that I did take on too much... <laughs> I I I feel like I I really did uh, take bite off more than I can chew, and it's and I have no help. You know, I'm doing this alone. I'm doing it with my own money. I'm doing it with my my time. I spread myself too thin. I got myself in a mess. Uh, but I'm but I'm getting out of it. But at what cost? For the last four years, you know, I mean, literally every day is the same to me. I don't know if it's Saturday or Sunday. Every day. Do you take time to take vacations? Well, I have taken vacations a lot this year. I don't know if you want to call them vacations because they were purposeful things that we were doing, except for one, I did, I, I insist the family gets together and, you know, has a vacation. So we, every year we do that. Uh, but we never do anything very long because coming out of the radio business where you can't take off time, it's not like right. TV where you get a hiatus. You have to be there every day. I mean, a week is about a, the extent of how long you could go, which I think is also difficult for our, our kids because we would d- push them through things. You know, other families would take time and spend some time and go on a vacation where they had a couple of weeks and, you know, go to the museum and read every plaque and not, not like, okay, let's move to the next one, but, you know, and just <laughs> skim through the surface of everything and just see everything. And then nothing, what's as exciting as that, you know, uh, anymore when, when you've seen it all and done it all. So it's kind of, uh, I think I, I, I regret that a little bit, uh, you know, having, giving our kids so much so quickly and not, Spreading it out a little yeah, more, yeah, I mean, or taking more. It sounds like you've given them a lot. Don't don't be hard on yourself. They they've they've been very well, blessed having them. you as a mother and I, having Ron and, as a father. And, and thankfully, they're appreciative as as opposed to you know hating their mom or something. So <laughs> I, I, I'm big on love. You know, I think love is the most important thing, and uh, you know we're all, all it, about. I get, can see that, and it, obviously you have a very loving family, and that's the most important thing. Yeah, it, it really is. So another question, one of my favorites. We all have things that irritate us, at least I do. What irritates you the most? Does anything irritate you I about think, other people, about yourself, about I think life? people who are lazy. I, I, I can't I can really see tolerate it. laziness in people. Um, I guess... Uh, I try to have compassion for <laughs> people who are misguided, but they're putting that on you. <laughs> but I have very less and less uh, patience for it. And uh, I just want to just w- not waste my time and move on, you know. So rather than give them the time of day, I just cut it short and move on. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> so, I, you know, Dolly Parton has this really good prayer that I think is really says it all. She says, uh, every night she prays, Lord, bring the good people in and take the bad people away. And I think if you surround yourself with good people, good people are so important because especially like in the restaurant business, you can't yes. do it alone. It, a restaurant business requires people. And, uh, and hardworking people. Yeah, and it's a terrible business to be in. <laughs> because yes, I know a little something about that. <laughs> well, I mean, people equal problems. No matter how good the people are, 
people have problems. You know, their car broke, their whatever. There's always a problem. Mm-hmm. So uh, the more people you have, the more problems you have. And if you can minimize, like, you know, really, if you're going to be in the restaurant business, if you can sell barbecue out the window, that's the business to be in. <laughs> drive through Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're just the opposite. People come and they love the atmosphere and they hang out all day and they don't pay a lot because we don't want them to spend too much. And uh, What does that do for you? But, uh, <laughs> oh, Joy, you're hysterical. Any final advice or words of wisdom for budding entrepreneurs, be they 9 or 99? Oh, gosh. Um, it's, Somebody the, else that's like starting a business, well, a the, restaurant or a the radio show or whatever. is... For people who uh, can do more than one thing is to figure out what you want to do because you really agonize over what to do, what to do, and what not to do. And it's they have all those books like What Color Is Your Parachute and all that. But they don't really – oh, those books tell you to you know make a list of what are you good at and what do you like. <laughs> and and uh, it doesn't help you really with – if you can't narrow it down, like – then what do you do? You know, if if you have a lot of interests and you're a little bit good at many things, but not outrageously good at any one thing, society doesn't really reward you the same way. Like if you're Tiger Woods and you're two and you're golfing by the time you're 20, you're going to be somebody. But if you're all over the place and you're a jack of all trades, that's the one thing I guess I regret or wish I didn't have. When I was younger, I met a man at a trade show, and he was telling me all these things he did. And I thought to myself, oh, I don't want to end up like him where I'm, you know, he doesn't have anything to hang his hat on. He has all these things that he's done. That's exactly what has happened to me. In fact, they had an article about me in the paper called Joy of All Trades. (laughs) Oh, I think that's cute. (laughs) Well, I know, I know, but I just thought that's, it's, uh, you spend time on thinking what you don't want to be, that much energy makes that happen too, you know? <laughs> I I am just that. I'm spread into a million things instead of, you know. But you've been very successful at a lot of things, and it's been such a joy talking to you. Well, I could continue to talk like- to you for another two or three or four yeah, hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could interview you. <laughs> and I think our conversation <laughs> is going to continue long after yeah. this. Well, that'd be great. So I can't thank you enough for... Thank us. you. Any final words me. for our guests? Gosh, uh, no. <laughs> did we, <laughs> did did we find Joy speechless? <laughs> when she gonna shut up? So, and where, and where can people hear you other than well, on my podcast? Actually, they're they won't know it's me. So unless uh, you <laughs> okay, go, you're not on KC anymore. Uh, no, unless I'm a guest or something. I'm not, uh, you know, regularly on, on anything other than doing uh, voice bits on comedy bits, which I don't even think are on the air here uh, in, in St. Louis in this market anymore for years. We were on WIL before we moved back here. They played us in the morning on their comedy for their comedy on their shows. Um, and then uh, recently we were on somewhere in, I think, Washington, Missouri. I don't even know the call letters. Oh, it was like, uh, what is it? The same station as K- KSLQ. Jim, you can, you can speak. Yeah, KSLQ. <laughs> but anyway. Washington, Missouri. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so now um, uh, I can't be heard anywhere except on, at the Fountain on Locust and the... <laughs> In the bar well, booth. It's a great uh, place to go. I, I'm going to go there. I'm, I have so enjoyed talking with you, and I am so looking forward to tasting all the delicacies oh, at the Fountain yes, on Locust. Yes, you'll love it. It's great. So we thanks. have ice cream martinis. Oh, ooh. <laughs> looking forward to that. Yes. Thank you so much. This has been Woman Overboard, and thank you all for listening. 
If you or anyone else you know would like to be on our show, place an ad, or learn more about our guests, please contact me at nancy at womanoverboard.com or visit our website, womanoverboard.com. I'm Nancy Scanlon Coppler, and thank you for listening to Woman Overboard. <laughs>